chasing them around like we've been doing. Amen. I mean, I Either we're already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. And, you know, at some Easter Sundays, we talk about the proof, the um, infallible proofs and evidence of the historical nature of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But this morning, you know, being amongst the body of believers, we're going to be talking about the power of, there is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for dying for us and raising again. In Jesus' name, amen. When you think about the power um, of an almighty God, a holy, holy, holy God, and one that is infinite in all power, Lord over all creation, that we read in the scriptures that Jesus himself is God in the flesh. In Colossians 2.9 it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. John records about Jesus, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And yet the Bible says He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. That they missed it. They missed that God would come and dwell among men. 
Just as prophesied in the scriptures that there would be an Emmanuel who would be God with us. And that the Messiah would be cut off. You think about an all-powerful God that he created the universe. It did not just happen by happenstance. It was created with design and with order. It's the psalmist says, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. As you read in Genesis, it says, and God said, and then it happened. God said on the first day, God said on the second day, that the worlds were created through the word of his power. And it is by his word that it upholds the universe. Hebrews 1, 2 says, Having these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he have appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. The word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You know, oftentimes the skeptics will try to point to different type of science to try to disprove um, God, disprove Jesus Christ. They'll talk about evolution, and I don't think they remember what science is. Because it has not been observable, it has not been tested, it has not been seen. It is just a way to try to place someone away from being under the authority of an almighty God that will judge us one day. And so there's no, nothing scientific about macroevolution. Sure, there's variations within the species, and that's by an all-powerful God that has designed His creation to be able to adapt. But we see with an almighty God that creates the laws of nature, the natural laws that He's put in place, that even He is over, able to overcome those laws that He created. We see that he did many miracles. We see that God divided the Red Sea when he led Moses across. And, and so something completely against science. Absolutely. It is not natural for the waters to just all of a sudden come up and either walking across on dry ground. Yeah, you're right. That's not scientific. That's the God that created and designed science defying the science. He's, made it. He's God. It's his universe. You know, they try to say that, you know, what really happened was that they went across the Red Sea and it was just like an inch of water. That happened to be a time when the tide was gone and then they were able to walk across. But if that was the case, now what a miracle that is that a whole Egyptian army drowned in one inch of water. Man! That would be incredible. Either way, it'd be a miracle. Well, I'll take the Bible's account. It's God's word instead of man's guessing of what happened back then. 
We see Jesus fed the multitudes with a few fish and the loaves of bread. Yes, absolutely against science. That does not naturally happen. You do not feed a multitude with just a couple of fish and bread. But he's God. He has the creative nature. We see that he healed the sick. And it wasn't with medicine or some type of essential oil. It was the miraculous power of the Son of God. That he made the blind to see, the deaf to hear. And as a great physician, Jesus rose people from the dead. We see that he walked on top of water. And he even enabled for Peter to walk on water. We see that the winds and the sea obey him. He does not have to obey the winds and the sea. They obey him. And so now you can look in your notes to think about how the one powerful God, the one who is all powerful, died a gruesome death. Wilbur Smith put it this way. Let it simply be said that we know more about the details of the hours immediately before and the actual death of Jesus in and near Jerusalem than we know about the death of any other one man in all the ancient world. Isn't that the truth? Even our calendar is based on the birth of Christ and then, of course, him, um, him dying on our behalf. Philippians 2, in verse 6, he says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And this was he who was all-powerful. And no wonder the people mocked him. They said, hey, he saved others. Why can't he save himself? Slap him on the face and go, prophesy! Who is it that hit you? Or we already saw in the scriptures that he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree when he was not even physically present. <laughs> that we see the omniscience of Jesus Christ. But though he's in the form of God, and he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God, for anyone else to claim to be equal with God, it would be blasphemy. And that's why the Pharisees wanted to stone him, because they considered him um, being blasphemous. But he who is all-powerful, he that who is God, became obedient unto death for our behalf the power of the resurrection i've used this illustration at past easters we'll use it again this story historical account of a particular muslim in africa he had become a believer in jesus christ when asked why he converted from the faith of Islam that he had known all his life, he replied, imagine you have come to a fork in the road. It is extremely important that you choose the right way. 
but you have no knowledge as to which way is better. Two men are there from whom you could ask directions. One of them is dead. The other one died but is alive again. To whom would you go for advice? Scoffers have attempted to downplay the remarkable proof of the resurrection by claiming that many people have been willing to die for a cause like the apostles of Jesus died for the cause of Jesus. Where Alan talked about um, this um, um, in the Sunday school class. And, and so they'll, they'll, they'll talk about how some Muslims are willing to blow themselves up to kill Jews, to kill Christians, and even eat shudder. And that's true, but it misses the point. The Muslims who do this sort of thing sincerely believe in their cause, but they do not know if it's true. The disciples were in a position to know whether or not Jesus was raised from the dead. It simply is not plausible to suggest that each of these men would face continual persecution and horrifying deaths for something that they knew to be a lie. If the resurrection was a lie, if it was a hoax that they made up, they would not have been willing to go through that those times for death. There was no monetary gain. There was not any type of um, corruption of use in the religion that you do find in religion throughout history. You see with the Roman Catholic Church, yes, it was a great political um, operation, empire, and it was done for selfish gain. But you don't see this with the apostles of Jesus Christ. And if this was a host they were making up, man, that is something to go be willing to die for. You know, you look at the Watergate scandal, you have 12 men, and they, they couldn't keep up lies still more than a few days. But here the apostles went to their deaths because they knew the resurrection of Jesus Christ was true. They had been witnesses. The power of his resurrection. Again in Philippians. That says that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Now you know what? We also in this life will suffer for the sake of Christ. We'll suffer because of uh, in this life. Because of the effects and curse of sin. But because of what Jesus has done, and we could have joy, we could rejoice, and we could overcome that in, in, with eternity of receiving eternal life through Jesus Christ. But we may know him and the power of his resurrection. There is the power of Jesus himself predicting his own resurrection. No other man has said, you know what, I am going to rise again. And then it happened. No. This wasn't just some type of fable, some myth, again, that the apostles made up. They were like, hey, let's make up this story. Let's make up, start our own religion. No, Jesus himself said he was going to rise again before he even died. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. 
He's mentioned in Luke 9.22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain. Just like Isaiah 53 said would happen. And then he went on, and be raised the third day. You know, the Old Testament mentions the resurrection as well. And so there is the power of the Scripture's prediction of His death and resurrection. And I gave you a few verses there. We're not going to go to all of those. Um, but I wrote those down in there so you could go back for future reference. But go ahead and go to Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, you know, in verse 5, it talks about how he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Um, we see it in verse 7, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as the lamb to the slaughter. Um, his sheep before his shearers are dumb, so he opened of not his mouth. And it is hundreds of years before Christ was even born in the flesh. Um, he was taken from prison. He was from judgment. When look in verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his, his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And the only way Jesus was able to see his seed those that would be born again is because he would rise again. And then it's that Isaiah says, he shall prolong his days. That after he's been an offering for sin, after he has died, he will see his seed and because he will rise again and he will prolong his days and it will be for eternity that he lives. And so there is the power of the scripture's prediction of his death and resurrection. Faith, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. And it's because of the scriptures. And even Peter brings out and says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We have seen him. We know that he is truly indeed risen. But he says we have a more sure word of prophecy. And that's the scriptures. The word of God. More important than anybody's experience or what they've seen is what has the word of God said. And the word of God said that the Christ, the Messiah, would be cut off. Not for himself but for others, that we may have eternal life. There is the power of raising himself from being dead for three days. Jesus said, no man take of it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. What a God. Yes, he died, but he rose again. 
The pyramids of Egypt are famous because they contain the mummified bodies of ancient Egyptian kings. Westminster Abbey in um, London is renowned because in it rest the bodies of English nobles and notables. Muhammad's tomb is noted for the stone coffin and the bones which it contains. Arlington Cemetery in Washington, D.C. is revered, for it is the honored resting place of many outstanding Americans. There is, however, all the difference in the world between the tomb of Christ and these places I've mentioned. They are famous and draw visitors from afar because of what they contain, while the garden tomb is famous because it's empty. Praise God. We see Christ's sonship is declared through the resurrection. Many around the world, many different religions will recognize that Jesus was a good man, that he was maybe even a prophet of God, or that he was simply a good philosopher um, that led a good life. But they all question whether he was truly the son of God. Jesus said in John 9, 35, Jesus heard that he had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Um, you know, I was, um, I went to this, it was this guy revealing a book, um, with Reza Aslan, um, he's a Muslim, and even got my picture with him. And he mocked Christianity. He, he, he um, tried to show all these historical proofs. He tried to show how um, the scriptures, how the uh, disciples did not even believe um, in the resurrected Christ. And how, how, how they would, he would twist their different words. And how he would say that James and Paul thought um, about it. And he would take things totally out of context. I wrote it um, online, it's on the church website, then linked to my, um, the, the, my blog, and so you could li, li, hear it about that. But um, I brought up, I questioned him up right in front of everybody, um, and I said, hey, you know what, you're trying to use this to say this and mean this, and I know you're going to say, oh, it's open to different people's interpretation. I go, why don't you take people to what it says? Because what it says is not what you were telling people it says. And, and so I had a good conversation with him afterwards, too. Of course, he didn't become a believer or anything. But one of the things he said was, too, that Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God. That it was just Paul that taught that. But here we see Jesus right here saying, Does thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Plain as day, Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. And his sonship is declared with power by the resurrection. In Romans 1, 3, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. 
That sealed it. That declared it. That showed the proof that he was not as many of the false Christ and the false messiahs, but that he did not die and stay dead, but he was declared the Son of God by his resurrection. And we see the lordship of Jesus is confirmed by the resurrection. Romans 14, 9. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. The resurrection manifested power over death. Acts 2, 24 says, Whom God have raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be a holding of it. Romans 6, 9. Knowing that Christ being dead, or knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death have no more dominion over him. Revelation, Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Go ahead and turn you John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Think about the time when Adam and Eve were in the garden, in innocence, without sin. And Satan appeared to Eve, Adam with her, and said, and questioned, Yea, have God said, Really, you shall not eat? That you shall not take of this? You know, when God says that because he knows you'll become his God. That you'll become his God if you take and eat it. And so Satan says, take and eat. And it brought sin, disobedient to the Almighty God. And so Satan's probably thinking, oh, I just God's creation. I did it. I ruined it. As he said, he goes, I will be like the Most High. I will be God. Is what Satan's desire was. That take and eat. And it brought sin, and sin brought death. Both spiritual death and physical death. But in the second Adam came, Jesus Christ, he came and he dwelt among us. And you know what Jesus said? Take and eat. Turn to verse 54. Whoso eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat in thee, and my blood is drink in thee. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And he talks about that um, in the context of that this is believing on Jesus Christ. And so while Satan said, take and eat to destroy humanity, Jesus said, take and eat to restore, to save humanity. And that Jesus died for us. He took our place. He was buried. And he rose again. Oh, the power of the resurrection. 
The resurrection manifested power over death. The resurrection is the power of salvation. You know, when Jesus told his disciples, it is hard for a rich man that trusts in his riches to enter heaven. It doesn't say that, you know what, that a rich man can't get saved. It doesn't say that it's even hard for a rich man to get saved. It says it's hard for a rich man that trusts in his riches. There's a dependence upon him. And you know what, sometimes God allows hardships to happen in our lives. To get our focus so much not on ourselves. But to draw us to Him. I know there's people in here. You know what? People tell me, why is God allowing this to happen? You know what? It was to get your attention. You know what? Before you maybe had it all made. You had everything you thought you needed. But you were missing the void of God. And God wanted to bring you salvation. He's not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance. And so sometimes God will orchestrate those things. But um, the disciples have been asked then, then who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. That salvation is of the Lord. There's not a work we can do to be saved. Jesus did the work, and we're simply told to believe that he, he died, he was buried, he rose again. You know, if Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. You know, Paul even told the people that. If Christ be not risen, your faith is in vain. You come to church, you gather, you hear the preacher yell at you, or exhort you, or encourage you. Depending on what the Sunday is. And the scriptures do all that. It's for rebuke. It's for reproof. It's for correction. And it's for instruction in righteousness. But all that would be in vain. If Jesus was not risen. Now we might as well just be out there focused on sports. On the Lord's day. We might as well be doing other things. If Christ be not risen our faith would be in vain. But we see in Romans 4.25, He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's because of the power of His resurrection. We are able to have eternal life. His death and resurrection gives us power over sin. It provides power to live for God. Romans 6, 5 says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Romans 7, 4, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Because of his resurrection, we now have the Holy Spirit of God when we become born again, when we receive Christ as our Savior. And the Spirit of God is able to empower us to overcome the temptations we face. 
That way we're not overcoming it in our own flesh, in our own power to reform our life, but that the Spirit of God would do of God's own good pleasure through us. God's power is able to be demonstrated in our lives. See, Ephesians says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And the power of the resurrection only gives you salvation if you will believe by faith in receiving Christ is your savior from sin and its punishment. The resurrection confirms that Jesus is the judge. Now if Jesus died and stayed in the grave, then the atheist would be right. You know what? There's no one we're going to give an account to. He's dead. Man killed God. But he resurrected. Acts 17.31 says, Because he hath appointed a day, and that which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he have ordained, whereof he have given assurance unto all men, and that he have raised him from the dead. God's given us the assurance by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that one day you will give an account. That one day every knee of every tribe of every nation, every tongue will bow down and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not that he was simply a good prophet, but that he is Lord and will worship him. And Jesus said he is the resurrection. He's the first fruits of the resurrection. John eleven twenty three, and we'll close here and one more verse. But Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so she believed there was going to be a resurrection of believers one day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. And he used those words, I am too. Who God uh, uh, um, told Moses, tell him, I am that I am sent you. That he is the eternal existing one. That he is the great I am. And he is, he is the resurrection. He goes, and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? I'm asking you this too. Believest thou this? Do you believe this? If not, you know, let's show you from the scriptures, show you from the word of God and may the spirit of God draw and convince you of your need of salvation. If you do not yet know him, she saith unto him, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of God, which should come into the world. She recognized who he was, that he was the son of God. Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Now let's go ahead and bow our heads. You know, we'll have a time of invitation. Someone's um, going to be playing the piano. Romans 10, 9. 
go ahead and turn there. Romans 10.9. That'll get your attention. <laughs> Introduction to the scriptures. Amen. 10.9. says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scriptures say, If whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we're just going to give a time of invitation. We've already seen the proof. We've already seen your words, promises fulfilled. And so this morning, we weren't even trying to make an attempt to prove the resurrection. But we understand and we believe it. Sometimes we can forget the power of the resurrection. And may we believe today that the power of the resurrection can still save people today. 
Sometimes people may come to your mindset, man, people just aren't getting saved like they used to. But you know what? That's not any loss to the power of the resurrection, but possibly a loss of the fervor for Christians to evangelize. So many Christians have bought into the lie of, oh, I'm not going to tell people about Christ because I don't want to push anything on them. You know what? We're not called to force anything. But as Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing the judgment of the Lord, that we do all we can to persuade men. Jesus died and rose from the dead. Just as trying to live a good life, it's not going to lead people to Christ. They must hear the gospel. It's the word of God that brings forth fruit. And it's also the coldness of the heart of man. Why many don't get saved. But your word, is this a rock or is a hammer that break of the rock in pieces? So may we as Christians be reminded not to doubt the power of the gospel and the resurrection. Pray, Lord, you help us to leave this place to be more fervor in sharing our faith with others. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What a blessing it was to be in the Lord's house today. And again, just a reminder, this Saturday, 2 o'clock, will be the celebration of life for um, James Kittle and you he's with Jesus you know we may sorrow because he's not with us but he's not sorrowing at all he's with Jesus and so you know upon him being here um, Laura she's not here today but I know she's been arranging um, for the, the different finger foods that be coming um, if you're like, hey, you know what, no one's called me, but I'd like to bring something, um, let me know, and you know what, we'll have her contact you, and so make all those arrangements and everything, but God bless you, um, shake hands, fellowship, be friendly, and have a happy Resurrection Day.